Hey everybody, welcome back to DAC Talk. Uh, usually we talk to interesting people who do interesting things, uh, but I think I'm changing that tagline because, let's be honest, I'm just talking about video games most of the time, people do stuff in that sphere. Uh, so, we're just going to say people uh, talking to people who do, ga- do game stuff and about game stuff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That's where we're at now. I think it's fine. Uh, I've 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 accepted my fate. If this is going to be a podcast, it's going to be, you know, something I'm really familiar with. Uh, so today we're gonna do something a little different. Just me today, and uh, I'm streaming. So I figured, let's just talk about what I've been playing. And. Uh, that's some design and philosophy stuff. So, um, for those you, for those of you who've been listening for a while, you might know that I like RPGs. Um, I've talked to at least two RPG devs: uh, the Something Classic gang and uh, the Axe Studio uh, guys, who respectively did Shadows of Adam and. Uh, Y2K. Um, speaking of which, hopefully we can get that Y2K stream coming back pretty soon. That'd be nice. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, lately, I've been playing quite a few RPGs. Uh, two I want to talk about today, and those two are uh, Le Grand Legacy, uh, which you you may have seen on Steam. Uh, I think it came out in 2015. Um, and it, it always looked interesting to me. I didn't hear much about it. I saw like one review. Um, I was real on the fence about it when I, when I did finally get it. Uh, the only reason I kind of got it was cause I had some extra money and it sort of, it reminded me of maybe like some older games, which if you play the game for any amount of time, you can definitely see a lot of that. I think like the newest looking thing in that game is the uh, the character portraits when they're talking. So, uh, as far as background goes, the game is made by a indie team, I, I do believe. Uh, I think it's a foreign team as well. Uh, so for it to get translated like it did, um, I think they did a pretty good job. There's a lot I like about that game. To sum it up, it's it's a pretty traditional, um, you know, RPG, pretty similar to like Lost Odyssey, um, or Shadow Hearts, I think. In that, there's like this uh, ring mechanic, you know, before you do an attack, you have to hit a button on this. <laughs> you have to hit a button on like this rotating ring. And, like, the better you do it, the more damage you do, and yada yada. Uh, if you've seen, like, any RPG with mini games in it, you've probably seen similar stuff. One second, I'm gonna get some water. <laughs> I kind of just woke up, like, about an hour ago. I've been getting ready this whole time, so. Anyway, um,. The main thing I kind of want to want to look at today is you have Legrand Legacy, and then the other game I'm uh, pl- 
playing, which I, I do like, is um, World of Final Fantasy. And for those of you who don't know what that is, World of Final Fantasy is pretty much the Square's take on uh, Pokemon. And it's pretty childish. It doesn't take itself too seriously. But you can definitely see, like, <laughs> uh, the Square influence all over that game. It's not it's not too different from their standard fare. Um, it's still a pretty mm, basic RPG, I think. They, they introduce some mechanics that you don't really see, to, to my knowledge anyway, not off the top of my head. It, they introduce, like, um, you can stack your guys on top of each other to have stronger units, more or less. Uh, you have, like, uh, this brother and his, and his sister, and those are your two, like, main characters, and you catch... Um, they're called Mirages. Uh, I keep wanting to say Pokemon because, you know, it's basically Pokemon. But you capture these Mirages... And depending on their size, you can, you know, stack them like large, medium, small. And uh, you take all their stats and their abilities and you put them together. Enemies can do the same thing and you can, uh, you know, hit them with certain abilities and they can topple over and they can do the same to you. And um, outside of that, that's about as complex as that game gets outside of, well, yeah, there's one more thing. Um... If you stack, like, say you have, um, say you have, uh, <laughs> I almost said Pokemon again. Say you have a Mirage with Fire. Stack another Mirage with Fire on top of that. Now you can use Fyra before you, you know, actually know the the move. Um, so that's you know those two things. It's pretty cool. Other than that, it's it's Final Fantasy. If you've played pretty much any of the uh the more recent ones or even the old ones really it's pretty similar to that um so i'm going to talk about legrand first for the most part and this apologies by the way this this might be a shorter episode oh hey hey real quick before i really get into it uh one thing (laughs) i definitely forgot to do is i forgot to shout out my patrons let me do that real quick actually because you know, I gotta, I gotta do what I gotta do. And I have like one question at the end from a patron, so I really, uh, I really appreciate you guys. Um, so yeah, got three patrons. Um, I'll do, the, I'll just do them in order. Okay, here we go. So we have uh, Angelo Gigliotti, uh, Secret Guy, and George H. Wales. Uh, all three of you are great. I really appreciate what what you guys uh, are giving me every month. That's that's just, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like what I'm doing is uh, it's worthwhile for sure. Okay, so <laughs> um, the Grand Legacy. So it. I don't really know how to say this. Uh, I, I think it's. I want to say it's like really like really influenced by like Chinese mythology. Um, but not to the point to where like it looks like a Chinese game, if that makes any sense. <laughs> like, you, you just kind of have to play it. Like you can, you can tell it sort of comes from, from that area 
Uh, and I have to say, I was actually really impressed with it because they, they tend to mix a lot of things and sort of give it its own identity. Um, there's, there's a few tropes, um, that, that you might recognize from other games, like, <laughs> like, uh, I guess you have like your animal people and I'm saying like here a lot, so sorry about that. Uh, yeah, so you have like your your race of animal people, and they it, it's kind of it's kind of got like this game of world, game of world, game of thrones world, where everything's kind of gone to crap, and you know there's <laughs> like these slave trades and in arenas and stuff. Um, heck, I might even say it's similar to uh, Legend of Dragoons sort of world. That one was kind of kind of down in the dumps as well if I remember correctly um but outside of that what I said about the gameplay it's it's pretty standard uh standard fare it, it tells a, a interesting enough story I'm not going to spoil any of that here I actually really would uh, suggest that people play the game uh one of the guys I had on the podcast uh told me he he thinks that that they've had a well, I, I think he confirmed it actually. They had a like a rebalancing patch. He stopped playing because he uh, he got really stuck on one of the bosses early on, and I haven't hit that yet. So that's that's kind of an unfortunate thing to see a uh, an indie developer make a game and then have to redesign it more or less after the game comes out. It's really unfortunate. But um, yeah. So one of the, one of the big sort of things I want to point out here is more or less um, you have indie devs and they have like a like a really limited pool to work with they can't they can't go all out on the graphics and the and the story well, well not the story the uh, <laughs> and the gameplay and and stuff all the time Usually they have to kind of pick like one thing that's really strong with the game and just roll with that and let that be kind of their um, kind of their strong selling point. So, you know, and, and honestly with AAA games, that's, that's true a lot of the time too. Um, I would even say for stuff like Breath of the Wild where there's not really any story, <laughs> uh, there's there's enough to keep you interested and, and invested in this world that's basically falling apart while you've been asleep. Other than that, uh, it's just like a really solid explore uh, exploratory kind of game where all of your uh, weapons break. I have thoughts on that game. I really like it, but I've always said I, I feel like it's a really good game. I don't feel like it's a great Zelda game, but you know that's just that's just me. <laughs> um. So, Legrand definitely uh, sticks to its strengths. I believe uh, it, it knows what it is. It try it, it is trying to tell like this really big epic story. I mean, the the tagline is literally uh, what is it? Uh, Tale of the Fate Bounds or something along those lines. It's it's pretty epic sounding. You know, it's got big words like legacy and fate bounds. I think legend maybe is in there somewhere. Um, and the art, like the 2d art or cover art and stuff 
Uh, it's really good. So you kind of go in with, with this expectation of this like almost Final Fantasy. Uh, I'm trying to think like the most epic one, <laughs> visually speaking. Uh, we'll just say 10, I think. 10's like definitely kind of kind of hits that nail. Uh, so, yeah, when you start the game, you can you can tell that he was definitely trying to make what he wanted to make, or they were. Um, there's like one name that I know of, <laughs> but obviously it was a team. Anyway, so you start the game. It starts off with like this pretty well animated cutscene. Um, it's good enough, you know. It, it definitely, definitely feels like a PS2, PS3 era, maybe like early PS3 era kind of game. Uh, and oddly enough, to say this, uh, to me, this is pretty refreshing. <laughs> is that interspersed in between gameplay, where the graphics are like, you know, much lower. Again, this is very much like those days of gameplay where you kind of had like the cutscenes interspersed. Um, like anytime you meet a new character, screen goes black, little introductory cutscene of the character in like full on CG, uh, high definition, <laughs> high detail, uh, lasts for about three seconds <laughs> and then, you know, back to the game. And that, that definitely reminded me a lot of, uh, of like the good old PS1, PS2 era uh, days of, of RPG design. Well, probably not just RPGs, probably other games too. I just, those are the ones that I always remember that kind of being a thing. Maybe like survival horror. Cause they, they had a lot of, um, sort of, uh, revealing CGI for some of the monsters and scary moments. So I, that, that's really all I got <laughs> as far as comparisons goes, but you know, what I'm talking about, Um, and given the scope of the game, I do kind of have a scene prepared that I want to show everybody who's, who's watching. And for those of you who aren't here, um, this will be going on, on BitChute, so you can see it there too. Uh, I hope they're okay with this. Um, I'm not at all doing this to make fun of them or anything. I mean, it, it is a funny scene. I really could not laugh all while I was looking at it because it's like the best and worst thing at the same time but it, it it also gives you like a really good idea of of sort of what they were trying to accomplish with what they had this is a, a again a very good example of kind of working with working with uh, limitations and maybe not always getting what you want out of it so yeah let me get this on screen there we go cool okay I think I actually have to like hit the interact button here so yeah let me figure that out interact okay before you stand the embodiment of oppression and terror okay, I'm just gonna turn the volume down cuz I don't want to hear that guy talking uh, but yeah, credits to the Hero of Light for this little segment of this video. wonder if I can full screen it. 
Yeah, there we go. So this is the uh, this is the arena scene, and this is kind of like a bad guy that doesn't matter. So this really isn't spoiling anything if you do play the game. Uh, he's kind of just like a introductory bad guy, <laughs> but he's he's you know bad dude. And he's he's kind of paying for his sins here, and this is a, a big fight scene in the game. And already we we. <laughs> I, you know, I'll just let it speak for itself. Let's just watch. So, good guy lion lets the bad guy get away. That's more or less the end of that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. You can watch that fight scene and see that uh, whoever choreographed that definitely had a... Uh, an idea in mind of what he wanted to do. And <laughs> I, I, I don't know, like as a creator, how do you, how do you look at that and, and think, yeah, I'm happy with this. Granted, I'm not a game dev. I don't know how difficult it is to uh, to make this kind of stuff. I really don't, and that's why I'm not, you know, like throwing it completely under the bus. That'd be really unfair of me, and really dumb, especially uh, for a game that I that I am enjoying quite a bit. Though I I will ask this at least: how hard is it to add different faces? <laughs> so. When I was watching that, one of the most jarring things was uh dude was getting hit with a hammer and he's got this like he's got this really blank face. You know, the 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 line can can get away with it cuz uh I mean, he's he's kind of got like this scrunched up cat face, you know. You're not really paying too much attention to it. Uh Dude over here is getting hit with a hammer the size of him. <laughs> and he's just like moving with it like he's getting hit with a feather or something. It's really weird. Um, so yeah, that's <laughs> you can you can definitely see the scope there. The intention just in that one that one scene alone. And that's, you know, that's, that's indie death for you though, I guess, you know, you, you do what you got to do with what you have. And I can definitely respect that for sure. Now, as far as, uh, design praise goes, here's, here's the big thing that I really want to focus on or, or bring to kind of bring to the table here is, uh, Legrand does not play around much with uh tutorials and stuff they you know first hour of the game they you know they they do like the splash screen tutorial kind of tell you how to do everything real quick and that's it you're done maybe not even an hour maybe like 30 minutes and that made it very easy for me to just uh just get into the game enjoy it you know 
learn uh get to know the world the, the characters that have been introduced get just get really invested and i was i was really liking it i was really enjoying the story it was telling in the world that i was in the um the world uh well, what's it called pre-rendered yeah so like all the backgrounds are pre-rendered so that was really cool i was gonna say this pre-render world that i'm getting to know i kind of botched that it's okay doesn't matter flubbed on my words it's okay but yeah um with that in mind now i want to talk a little bit about world of final fantasy if you don't know what that is um i'm not gonna look up a trailer you can do it it's not hard (laughs) but uh world of final fantasy like I said earlier, it's uh, FF's take on Pokemon. I want to take a sip of water. One second. Talk a lot. You get kind of kind of dry mouth. Um, and it it looks really good. Like visually, it's you know it's Kingdom Hearts uh, two or three quality. I would say. I believe it's made by the same same team as Kingdom Hearts as well. And uh, visually they they nailed it. They did a great job. Like I was uh I was really intrigued to try this this new uh mon like as I like to call them Pokemon clones basically. And I jump into the game, you know, I play it, bought it, bought it, 50% off. Figured, hey, it's, you know, 20 bucks, no big deal. Buy the game, uh, start it up, you know, I, I, I expect a decent amount of exposition to begin with, because, you know, it's Square, they, they like to start their games off with a lot of cutscenes and stuff. Um, however, they were just way too much. No joke, um... An hour and a half in, into the game, I'd probably only put about 20 minutes of gameplay, like actual gameplay, into the game. <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, and man, dude, I was pulling my hair out. And I say this, this hour and a half, because... It was like the next day I turned it back on after, I guess, getting into like the the other world or whatever, like where the game actually is played and takes place. Because you have like a hub world and then you have the actual world that you, you know, collect stuff and fight and whatnot. Um, shut the game off after getting to the first town and getting like my third exposition dump. Come back check my time hour and a half uh i go on some mission and somehow i'm on chapter three (laughs) okay i've had like three battles how am i on chapter three okay whatever you you guys pace your game the way you want to pace it i don't care i'm just playing i'm just here i'm along for the ride uh yeah so get to the main area and dude and dudettes I'm not joking when they when I say that they triple explain things what I mean is a lot of times you'll get the splash screen which is 
pretty standard fare for a lot of these these AAA games. You get sometimes a cutscene, <laughs> and this is all in the same like the same area within thirty minutes. Here's a good example. Um, so, I guess it's like HMs, you know, like like where you can cut down trees and stuff. Um, you can learn moves to destroy obstacles. Okay, it's pretty cut and dry. I think I would say so. Uh, so, <laughs> not even the first area where you can do this. This is like the second or third. And there's like some fire move where you can destroy vines. So you go in, literally the first room, you see these vines. And it's like, hey, you can use the fire thing to burn the vines down. Okay, cool. I know that now. Appreciate it. Thanks for telling me. I, I play all the way to the end of the dungeon. And I'm not kidding. The vines show up again, ones that you actually have to get rid of. And there's <laughs> unskippable dialogue with the uh, voice acting and all where your little tutorial mon tells you something that you've been told I'm pretty sure at least two times before now. So like I said, uh, three, <laughs> three times. I'm pretty sure at least I've been told to do this and this isn't just for, for the, uh, the burning the vines thing. This is, for a lot of things, a lot of different things up to this point already where they have just told me to do the same thing like three times or explained how to do something three times. It's at least two or three. It's nuts. I feel like I'm kind of harping on this a little more than I need to. So I'm going to kind of end that there, but you get the point. It's I think uh, I think at the three-hour mark, I was finally at a point where I was basically just playing the game. Now, let me stress this to any developer out there. Your game does not need to have, you know, two or three hours worth of tutorials ever <laughs> for anything. Again, I'm not a game dev, but I'm a player. And as a player, let me play the game. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that, more or less. That's something Bloodstained has done very well. I played a lot of that last night. It's like, hey, if you're buying this game, you probably know a thing or two about Symphony of the Night. So, you know, here, have fun. I think the only tutorials you got was like, I can't even think of any. Yeah, no, I can't think of... Nothing stands out. I'm pretty sure they just explain some of the stuff through dialogue, and uh, that's it. I will say there's a little little bit more dialogue than I like in that game, but other than that, it's perfectly fine. Love it. It's amazing. Go buy it now. Make Symphony of the Night great again. Anyway, so... um. I think that's more or less all I have to say by myself. Well, um, you know, I, I will say one more thing. Um, as far as game design goes, 
what we see a lot of indie devs do today, I, I feel like really applied uh, like back in the day, like the Super Nintendo, the PS1, probably the PS2, not the PS3, the PS4 though. Um, AAA Studios got it got it pretty pretty good now as far as being able to do what they wanted to, want to do more or less, and we can see that by by looking at pretty much any big AAA release on the horizon now, or even behind us. Again, Breath of the Wild, amazing looking game. Resident Evil Seven, amazing looking game. Monster Hunter World, incredible looking game. Um, and these are all pretty good games too. Final Fantasy Fifteen, pretty awesome looking game. It's garbage, but it's it's really good looking. Really good looking garbage. So you know, good good for them. More power to them. But uh, indie devs got to do what they got to do again with what they have and I feel like you saw a lot of that with like like the really early I'm not even going to say RPGs just games just games in general like what, when they were still in their infancy and they were evolving and changing you you definitely saw a lot of um, here's one uh, Mode 7 Mode 7 uh, for those of you who don't know don't know how to explain this but basically <laughs> On the Super Nintendo, it was like when the foreground uh, was static, but the background moved to sort of simulate like a 3D uh, kind of effect. Uh, you, you saw it in, in quite a few games, like Castle, uh, Super Castlevania 4 had it. Um, ah, man, I can't think of like any off the top of my head. But you can you can see it in that game and a few others. You just said like just Google Mode Seven. You'll you'll find you'll find it. Um, but that was like something they found out that they could use in their hardware, and they pushed their hardware, and they did new things with it, and people really liked it. Um, <laughs> granted, we were pretty easy to please back then. I remember seeing Star Fox and just thinking. Holy crap, it's a 3D thing. I didn't care how bad it looked. I didn't care that I was uh, piloting the Dorito ship. Uh, it was 3D. That's all that mattered. So, you definitely see uh, a lot of that going on for sure. Um, with that being said, as far as game design goes, um, that's just kind of something I wanted to rant about today uh i I was gonna i was i was gonna have somebody uh with me but they had to bail it's okay though no big deal um i I actually am looking for a co-host by the way because it's it's a lot easier to bounce off of people instead of just run the whole show by yourself go figure (laughs) but uh i guess i'll talk about um a little bit of e3 stuff here Mainly just the the FF7 remake. I have thoughts on that. I feel like um, I feel like I want to be excited for the FF7 remake. I wasn't the biggest fan of the original game. Um, I feel like it was really good for its time, for sure. But um, playing it back in I think it was 2015, I, I beat it for the first time. Uh, I played it a lot when I was a kid, but I never beat it. Um, it 
man, there's some stuff that just does not hold up at all, I think. Um, way too many mini games for that's pretty much the main thing. Way too many mini games. Uh, I think they were trying to use that to a show off what they could do in an RPG like this, uh, especially the fans of the Final Fantasy series. Uh, and B, I think they were using it to break up some of the game, which is not really necessary. I don't think. Especially if your mini games are <laughs> hair pullingly bad most of the time. Um, wasn't a fan of them. I liked them when I was a kid. Don't 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 like them now. So you can definitely see that they didn't at least age well for sure. I think back when I was younger, it was kind of like, "Hey, I'm playing an RPG," but now I'm playing a, a Road Rash or whatever that game was called with the bikers. Oh, hey, now I'm playing snowboard. SSX, whatever, you know. <laughs> that novelty was not lost on me, but, you know, it's, that's it. It's over. <laughs> I can't get that feeling back. I'm not 10 years old anymore. The new one, uh, visually speaking, looks really good. Combat looks fine. Don't really know what to expect uh, from that. 15's combat looked great, and then you played it, and it was just like the most shallow, easy thing in the world. It was really easy. Um, you know, I guess at least they tried. I, that that game was a mess. Doesn't seem like seven remake is is going to be a mess. The 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 mess to me is the fact that the game's being broken up into uh, we don't even know how many parts. If it goes past three, they're really pushing it. To me, they're pushing it just by making... Uh, I don't know how to put it. I feel like they're pushing it by making one game three. It just seems really um, unnecessary. It seems almost predatory. However, uh, someone did point something out. How are they going to turn a profit on this game? You can look at it and, and tell how much money seems to be going into it. Like that's it's just too much. So what's the plan? I don't I don't understand the plan. I don't even think to uh, I think it was Tabata. Is he? I think he's the one working on it. Whoever's working on it, they don't even know. <laughs> they stated they're like I don't know how many parts is going to be. How do you not know? How do you not... You've been looking at the game. Let's see. I started my last podcast in 2015 or 14. Whenever they announced it, you know, they showed off the little trailer or whatever. Looked fine. Cool. Barrett's got glasses. Awesome. Whatever. Um, <laughs> you have all this time to look at the story figure out what you want in the game I'm pretty sure it has a dedicated team too how do you not know how you're going to break the game up I don't get it so how five years later are we saying hey first game's coming out it's going to be all Midgar oh great the most boring part of the game is going to be the first game okay whatever <laughs> go ahead 
So, but what about the other parts? Let me, let me just try to assume here. You get second game. Get out of Midgar. Go to the neighboring town. Learn the little backstory. I kind of hope they don't, actually. I really hope that's not uh, part of this game. That was such a long part of the game. Like, it was cool, but, man, that was a long part. Uh, the the memory thing where you find out Sephiroth's a baddie and... I guess you don't know that Zack is actually the one who was doing all that, but regardless. I don't know. Like, you break up at Juno there? I mean, that's a pretty decent stretch, I guess. I don't I don't know. It's it's kind of it's kind of a big game, story wise. And that's why I feel like just you know, I mean if you want to change the battle system, go ahead. It doesn't have to be this gigantic over over open world thing. Um, in that, I've, I feel like that's what they're going for. I don't. I don't. Did they say that? I don't know. I don't know if they said that or not. Me personally, though, uh, as excited as I want to be for the game, as good as I think it looks, I'm not going to buy it. I can't. I can't support this kind of game design and I can't support a company that I used to love um, that's basically already stated that they're not they're just not going to make like full on games anymore I think it was during their last um, FF stream or whatever FF15 stream they said Tabata has left the company that's right Tabata left the company he, he couldn't have announced it <laughs> I forget who who was in charge of this game. But anyway, Tabata left the company and uh, games are going to be sold as a service. So that's that's what they said. Their words. And, okay. Fine. You do you and I will do me. I can't support that. I didn't grow up with games as a service. And I feel like if I had, I would have been scorned now to learn that I'd basically been nickeled and dimed my entire life for something I really enjoy. So it's it's unfortunate, man. It's really sad to see the great Titan fall. Not the game, the Titan that is Square Enix <laughs> fall. I guess it wasn't even Square Enix, it was Square, let's be honest. It was never Enix. It was Square was what people cared about. Before then, Enix had like a couple of good things. You know, they're they're decent. But when they merged, man, it was like it's like after twelve, everything just started going way downhill way fast. Thirteen was a mess. 14 was a mess until they fixed it because they had to fix it. 15 was a dumpster fire for a number of reasons. Reasons I won't get into right now. Reasons that make me not want to buy any more new Square games. 
The only reason I got World of Final Fantasy was because it was half off with all the extra DLC stuff. I didn't get base base World of Final Fantasy. I got World of Final Fantasy Maxim for 20 bucks. Yeah. So, that's AAA games now. No AAA game uh, will come out with the full game ever again, I don't think. Unless stuff changes. I think uh, I think Monster Hunter World is probably the only real good AAA release I can think of. Maybe you guys can think of more, but right now that's the one off the top of my head. They released the game, bunch of free updates, uh, all the way up to the expansion coming out pretty soon. We got the we got the game. We got what they wanted us to have, and I loved it. I have a hundred and. 64 hours in that game. I think Capcom right now is sort of like the shining example, more or less, of what you need to be doing with your stuff. I don't even... Actually, you know what? I don't even think... uh, Let me think. Yeah, because Ghost Stories. Resident Evil 2, I don't think it had paid DLC. You know, like like story stuff. I, I think it was just, here's the game, here's the free Ghost Stories thing. Capcom's killing it. They're doing great. I love it. Now, if we could only get the other companies to fall in line. Closest thing I can think of is like Ubisoft. They're kind of all over the place with their their games. Uh, They do indie stuff, open world. You know, if you know Ubisoft, you know like um, Assassin's Creed and Far Cry and all that. Like, they're solid games. They don't deviate much. They uh, they make new ones like every other year, but I don't feel uh, I don't feel as though they're really trying to rip people off. I feel like they're they're you know maybe I'm wrong. Feel free to bring it to my attention. I don't know. I don't feel like they're trying to, to trying to rip people off. I feel like they're trying to just make some extra money with this perfectly legal thing. Um, hey, you know that's fine. I won't buy it. That's just me. It's kind of depressing, really. (laughs) I guess that's all I have to say about the 7 remake. I think it looks great, but I can't support it. Can't. And it makes me sad. makes me feel uh holding out of place like like this is not the same world I grew up in and I guess it's not you know this this market has evolved quite a bit I don't know where it stops though no clue because it's pretty insane right now take one look at devolver and you can see that devolver digital and how they uh how they differ from everybody else take a look at all the take a look at the the myriad of of independent game developers and just independent creators in general you know why they make it because big companies depend on them 
without them, you know, a lot of these big companies, <laughs> EA, they're nothing. They're just publishers, man. That's it. I forget where I was going with all that, but I think uh, I think I've kind of said enough. <laughs> Uh, I did see some other E3 stuff. So I guess I can comment real quick about things that kind of stuck out to me. Uh, Marvel thing looks cool, I guess. Don't know anything about it. Haven't seen any gameplay. It's just a giant trailer, cutscene thing, whatever. It's fine. I like that, I like that they're not using um, like the actors for all the heroes. It's nice to see them just kind of doing their own thing. Don't know why. I mean, maybe it's like a licensing thing or whatever. But I'm cool because it makes it feel more like the uh, original comics, you know. Um, that's really all I can think of for uh, Square. Really, uh, they're doing a FF8 remaster. I mean, that game's personal opinion. I mean, if you like it, you like it. That game's garbage. Sorry, don't like it. I think it's bad. Uh, but you know. Lots of people when I was growing up, they really liked it. So happy for those folks. Good on you. Um, I guess the Devolver thing, like I don't remember a ton of games that were super exciting. There's like two that stuck out. Um, I think it's called My Friend Pedro or something. It was, um, I mean, I don't know what it was. I don't, I really don't know what I was looking at. <laughs> It kind of it kind of just looks like a 2D matrix shooter thing. It's kind of silly looking. I, I don't know. I'll probably try it. It looks fun. So, you know, look that trailer up. It's pretty cool. But the big one for me was uh Carrion. They call it a 2D reverse horror action platformer thingy. Uh reverse horror as in you you play the monster. You so the main character player guy is uh, some un- hard to describe undiscernible red stringy mess <laughs> that like eats people and grows and it looked it looked really cool it looked really neat so check out Carrion and my friend Pedro uh, those two are pretty pretty interesting um uh Ghostwire Ghostwire is cool uh no gameplay but the trailer, uh, the concept trailer, I guess, is it's more than intriguing. Uh, it's cool. Uh, Keanu Reeves. I want to play the Keanu Reeves game. It looks pretty cool. I didn't know he made a game, but you know, hey, more power to you. Um, <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077, Is that right? Um, looks looks. Actually, it does look pretty good. I, I will say that. I'm not usually too hyped for like the big. Uh, FPS RPG things anymore because they're just they're so big um, I kind of see them and, and roll my eyes like I can't, I can't I won't have I will never have time to play this but it does look good uh, visually speaking um, that world is very interesting looking to me um, especially as someone who used to live in Japan so yeah you know I mean I think that's about it as far as highlights go oh um this wasn't E3. This was just Nintendo Direct because they don't need E3 anymore. Um, yeah, 
it just the whole thing, all of that. My switch is going to see so much playtime this year and next year. Oh, uh, I guess, I guess this wasn't E3 either, but um, Death Stranding. Got another trailer. Looks good. I'm probably going to buy it. Don't know what to accept, uh, expect, but I'll I'll probably buy it. Uh, and with that, uh, I was gonna do like a kind of riff on myself here, a little virtue signaling <laughs> about stealing people's shit, but I don't know if I really will. Um, basically, basically, um, friend of mine. Uh, he's a game dev. Made a game, and uh, in one of the discords, uh, well, their discord, sorry, one of the discords I'm in, which is theirs, <laughs> is what I was trying to say. Um, someone just came in, and said they hated the game, they cracked it, didn't even pay for it. These are just their claims, and uh, they stated that they had made a server that people could get the game on for free. Uh, so. Here's my thing. Um, I don't care if you made like the worst game ever. You know, not that it's a bad game, but I'm going to use this as as an example. Um, getting over it. A lot of people didn't like that game. A lot of people played it because it was a rage game. I uh, I got about I guess halfway through it and I I was done. <laughs> I can't say I like it. I like the idea, but uh, in the heat of the moment, that's probably a game I would call a trash game. <sighs> Honestly, I, I, I really don't have to explain this, but, um, and you can, you can take it to me. I don't care. I don't care how bad you think someone's work is. You don't have to be a fucking rebel and turn around and devalue someone's hard work. You know, an asset flip, that's one thing. This was not that. This was a game. Someone made all the music for, all the all the assets, all all the stuff. It was their game. All the stuff in it was theirs. They worked hard on it. They worked for four or five years. And, um, it just really pisses. It, it, it makes me mad. I think if you do that kind of thing. And, you know, I'll just throw it out there. When I was younger, didn't have a job. You know, I'm not, I'm not pure here. I have history with, with cracking, like back in 2006 or so. And I'm not justifying it, but that was my excuse. I didn't have a job, so I did it. Would I do it now, knowing better? No, no, I wouldn't. Not at all. And I urge uh, anyone else to do the same. Don't. (laughs) Or if you are going to do it, at least don't preach about you know, not doing that to people. <laughs> Don't be a hypocrite. At least be an, at least be an honest thief. Okay. 
Uh, that's really all I have to say about that. Uh, I did have one patron patron question. I'm going to wrap up with that. Uh, let me find it real quick, actually. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. No. Why are you texting me? Okay. Top, okay, what are your top three video games of all time? One modern, one retro, and one like in between. I think you said, uh, let's see, modern, 2012 and up. Retro is obvious. Okay. Um, man. I'm going to start with the in between one. Uh, hands down, FF9. It's my favorite game of all time. I feel I feel like it's one of the best design games. I feel like it's one of the best stories. Visually speaking, it's incredibly uh, impressive. Um, not the most exciting battle system. There's like the the one flaw I think is you don't get to save your your limit your trance whatever. Uh, but yeah, that game is incredible. There's no better time to play it than now because you can play it on your on your PC with uh, a mod that makes the um the the pre-rendered backgrounds look pretty incredible. So, get FF9 FF9 <laughs> play it with the Moguri mod and uh have fun. You're welcome. Um Retro. Again, I'm I'm a big RPG dude. I'm actually going to put two here though. Um Actually, I might I might add to the in between you know what? Fine. Second second favorite uh, in-between game, only because of what it started. Um, Symphony of the Night. Those style Metroidvanias, uh, <laughs> literally the Metroidvania, those style of games are just my favorite, period. They're amazing. Love me some Metroidvanias, especially ones with RPG mechanics. Uh, so yeah, retro. Um, I want to say Earthbound. It's it's really one of a kind. It's not perfect. It's got issues. But the design you can't deny that it it comes from a unique mind. So if you never played Earthbound, uh know that there are some flaws. Inventory system sucks. Wasn't a fan of that, but I you know, I got around it. Uh battle system isn't perfect, but it's a uh, you just got to play it. It's really a one-of-a-kind kind of game. And I guess the other retro game uh, that, that I would say is my favorite is the first uh, Mega Man X. game really did a lot for uh, for platformers, I feel like, especially action platformers. Um, it's very fast-paced, uh, very easy to get into, pick up and play. Not a whole lot of interruptions, if any. Uh, Ego Raptor did a really good, uh, I think, he, what do you call it, sequelitis or something? I think that's what he called it back when he was, you know, still making what I would consider very good content. Um, <laughs> I actually really like Ego Raptor as a as a character. Not a big fan of Game Grumps. That's just me though. I don't really like uh, watching Let's Play channels very much these days. I watch like John Wolf. That's about it. Um, but yeah. Check out uh, the sequelitis video on um, on Mega Man X. 
It's a really good game. Earthbound's a really good game. Totally different types of games. One's RPG, one's a uh, action platformer that totally reinvents the Mega Man formula. Uh, as far as you know, like how you get around and stuff, <laughs> uh, you still fight like bosses in whatever order you want to. Who in modern? I really only have one that I can think of. Um, I would say my favorite modern game. <laughs> I could say two, but I haven't beaten Bloodstained yet. I have been really liking Bloodstained. Um, so I'll just say this. Um, maybe Bloodstained. I haven't beaten it yet. Really, really liking it. Uh. But for like the main answer, I'm gonna go with um, Jimmy and the Pulsating Mass. Easily the best RPG I've played since nine, since Final Fantasy nine or Earthbound. It's it's that is such an incredible feat of work with such a great story and great characters and uh, really good combat too, actually. Um, I, I really enjoyed that game. Every bit of it. I loved it. Dripping with goodness, that game is. It takes a minute to get into. It doesn't have like the best art style in the world, but it grows on you. And uh, I'm just going to say, if you have not played Jimmy and the Pulsating Mass, it's not expensive. It's an RPG Maker game with a lot of heart, a lot of love put into it. Casey Ozimi is a genius. And... Uh, his work needs to be recognized. <laughs> so go seriously, like buy it at full price. It's that good. I would, I would not buy this at a discount full price. Just do it. Trust me. It is really good. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, man, I'm surprised I actually talked for an hour. <laughs> I think, uh, I think the game design thing I got a little bogged down in, but it's okay. Um, I think I have better commentary on like business practices and stuff, but yeah, I think uh, I think today went, went went okay by myself. I hope you guys did too. Uh, for those of you on the stream, stay tuned because I'm going to be playing Bloodstained. I, I got to move locations though, so I can get comfortable. This isn't the most comfortable place to uh, play for like an hour or two. <laughs> um, so yeah, stay tuned to that. Uh, typical social media stuff. You can follow me at Daktalk, uh, D-A-K-T-A-L-K, on Twitter. Uh, you can, if you like what I'm doing here, I'm trying to do here, um, and it seems to be expanding. I'm doing some different stuff, so that's nice. Um, yeah, if you like this, you can support me on Patreon. I've got a whole three right now. Why don't you be the fourth? Hmm? <laughs> um, there is a uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and pimp this um, there's a really cool like $10 raffle thing uh, once I hit 100 bucks, I'm going to start raffling people in that tier uh, and buying them like uh, I think I said like a $15 or more game on their wish list or something handed out by a developer so yeah check that out Anyway, uh, yeah, this has been Dactyl signing out. Have a good one.